No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome in to No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick with me. Yes, sir. You know the vibes. Tuesday, we got we to gotta wrap up the weekend. We had the divisional NFL, obviously tons of NBA. And what we're going to leave the show with, this Tiger Woods dot. You see the hat. Tiger, my guy. Tiger. Yo, for I don't know how long, Big Nick the Quick's like profile picture or like his Gmail picture was... Uh, Oh, that winning, winning takes care of everything. Winning, winning takes care of everything. That was that I was the it. moniker. When uh, they put out that ad, I, I loved it. I was like, yo, this is so great because he had just won. He was he was killing it that year, which they remind us of in the dock. And like when they put that out, I was oh, like, yeah. look, hey, get you a Nike. Because they'll stand by you through whatever, through bro. Thick and thin. Thick and thin. Through thick and thin. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh we're gonna talk uh Tiger Woods Doc. We're gonna leave the show with that. Then we'll go into some NFL. We'll talk divisional, a little peek ahead to the championship weekend. Then we got the big dog, Compton's own Trayvon Edwards. Black Trey is going to hop on with us at uh, 6.15 Central, 7.15 Eastern. Talk some NBA. He just moved out to New York. So I'm going to talk to him about how he's feeling being on the East Coast. We're going to talk. I want to talk Bucks Nets from last night. I thought me and I thought that was a microcosm of the issue the Bucks are going to have especially <clears throat> dealing with the Nets the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk that. We'll talk Wardell, Stephen Curry going crazy last night. They beat the Lakers, but AD and LeBron didn't score more than 20. We're going to get we're going to get Trey's uh opinions on everything NBA. Kyrie released a statement. I got some video on that. So we'll talk that. And uh, we'll keep it moving. Big hey, man, quick. Hey, get me on the big box, man. Shout out, shout out our guy at the fight oh, you podcast, want, you man. The, you know, yeah, they need, you they need the big box? no, no, equal box, man. I don't need, oh, to, I don't, box. I don't need to have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There oh, we go. Okay. Co yeah. star. You feel me? I got you. Yeah, no, and, I was just the, doing hey. a little intro. I can't get the intro. <laughs> and Cody, the Bucks, the Bills aren't paying me nothing, man. It's all good. I'm, I'm paying for it with all the the tears that I've shed over being a Bears fan for fucking thirty plus years. Yeah. So. Yo, how's the weekend? Um, I watched everything possible this weekend. Tiger Woods included, all football. Um, yeah, man, how was it? It felt great not having to recap the Bears on Monday. I will tell you that. Um, it was good, man. It was it was great. It was great. All the games were great. Um, obviously, I was excited for for Bills and uh, Ravens. Um, it was good. I don't know, not good. too much. It was, good. it was yeah it was it was uh it was, standing it was not up. too much to say anymore man like it's like hey, I, did, I went and did this i went and did that but Same i mean thing, obviously huh? a lot of a lot of sports on this weekend which was dope yeah, um good nba slate and then obviously the nfl saturday and sunday i just love the playoffs man i love getting it started at two three o'clock so you get that extra couple hours before the madness before you settle in maybe get an extra hour of family time extra hour with your lady with your kids and then you already know what happens come two o'clock man don't talk to me don't at me don't add me. <laughs> I ain't available. I'm I ain't available. available. I'm unavailable. Location Yo, remote. <laughs> locations remote. Before yeah. we get to the NFL, let's talk this uh, Tiger Woods. Yeah. Because I, I honestly wasn't going to talk about it, but it was 
It was an interesting doc. I'll say, I'll that. say that for sure. Um, we kind of knew the story, right? He was groomed by Earl was his father to be this machine mentally that just was locked in on the golf course all day, all night machine, machine like, and he had a little lull in the middle where his pops died. You know, he, he lost a little guidance. He, uh, his marriage kind of, kind of got turned upside down, got caught in a little bit of a scandal. Then he comes back and wins the masters. A lot of people don't feel like the documentary was what it was supposed to be. What did you think? So I think a lot of people and and the way that they show it on like the commercials, I thought that we were getting the last dance Tiger Woods version, right? Hey, I'm gonna tell you this. And before disclaimer, me and Nick are massive Tiger Woods. Fans. Yeah, yeah. It's not so, like like <laughs> big time, like big, big. It's yeah. not even like, oh, he's cool, like oh, black golfer. Like, no, nah, we yeah. Rock with Tiger Heavy, watching a lot of those clips. It's like, I remember where I was, you know, whether it's the U.S. Open versus Rocco Mediate or whatever it might be, man. I just remember where I was on all those shots. Um, yeah, so, I mean, at the way, if you win it, I realized pretty quickly that it wasn't going to be the last dance, right? Number one, he wasn't involved at all until the very end, and I'm still debatable about whether or not that clip was for this documentary or if that was some other clip that they got from somewhere else. And if this was what... He gave them for the documentary. That's all you were getting from him. Um, whereas, like, the Michael Jordan one was a bit more of an open book. Like, he was ready to tell his story. Bro. This was some guys going out trying to find the information on Tiger Woods. It a was... famously private guy who yeah. nobody really knows. Like, that's what I came away. I was like, oh, so nobody really knows this guy. We're just yeah. skipping over massive amounts of his life yeah. and how he felt about it. It's more like, hey, this is what it was like for me watching Tiger Woods from the outside or being acquainted with him. And that's what they're telling you as opposed to like, yo, this is what Tiger was dealing with. This is how it affected Tiger. You know what I mean? Like he was way more guarded than uh, than I even knew before going into the dock. Doug, it was the exact opposite of the last dance. Opposite. Mike was like, yo, we're about to shoot this last dance shit. And I'm going I'm to remind y'all how cold I was and how cold my squads were. Yeah. This was people. Everybody wants to hear from tiger about this scandal and he's never ever ever gonna say anything about ever. it ever right so this was more like okay it's been long enough and he's come back and won a ma won a major now when he won the 2019 Masters. so we could kind of close the story now a little bit right yeah my biggest problem with it was it seemed like they just went and got a bunch of people that were axed out of tiger circle at some point and could essentially just throw shade at Tiger and what happened. I, I didn't really get any insight that I didn't already know. Like, no one was saying anything worth noteworthy, really. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the juiciest shit was, like, you know, his dad's former golf partner talking about what they would do in the Winnebago on the golf course, which is wild, um, and shit like that. But, like, if you want to tell me that Tiger was – having threesomes, foursomes, fivesomes, apparently 11-sums, whatever they were. Like, I'm not surprised. Like, I think even when it happened, like, even when the whole thing broke, I was more like, oh, shit, Tiger crashed his car because he was drunk? And it's like, no, 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 his wife tripped after for a golf club because she found some text, text message. And I was like, oh, okay, I mean, so it's Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's <laughs> no, right. real. real talk. Like, it never, I never looked at him as, like, Plus, I didn't look at what I never like for me, it wasn't a fall from grace. I always said he didn't fall off because of the cheating scandal. He fell off because he got hurt. 
He fell off because he fucked up his knee and then fucked up his back. Like, that's what really happened. The cheating scandal 100% rocked his world. And it definitely, you know, took him down from that perch. And obviously, golf's a mental game and somebody that mentally strong. And they always talk about how much he compartmentalized. Like, yeah, shit started bleeding over. That messes you up, right? But I was never like, oh, my God, Tiger and women. And he cheats on his wife. It's like, yeah, I, I, he's running with Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley. What do you think they were doing in Vegas? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you go to Vegas, right. this man was going to right. Vegas habitually. So it's right. like, and it wasn't to gamble. So, you know, I, I, yeah, we get it. Um, again, like to your point, man, it was just it was a bunch of people who had been excommunicated. It was a bunch of people telling you really how Tiger Woods fit into their life. It was almost like, hey, I know Tiger. Here's how. And like yeah, at one point in time, exactly. we were really close. But I don't really know anything about him, the man. I don't know what he does when he goes home. I don't know what his interactions are like with his wife and his family. Like there was no real like personal side. And it's probably because the people who are that close to him, number one, there's not a lot of them. And number two, they're not talking. At all. This, this dude, the girl who's like, yeah, I never heard from him again. It's like, that's it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, right. you definitely won't now. So yeah, I think that uh, it was more like, after a while, I was like, okay, this is like a sports documentary. Like, this is talking about the sports stuff. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to watch some old clips. I'm going to get nostalgic about that um, and all that stuff. If you were looking for that real interpersonal shit, it wasn't really there like that. It wasn't. Yo, you know, he, he talked for 30 seconds. You know what? I don't I don't even know what clip you're talking about. If you're at the, talking for 30 at the seconds. end, they have him sitting in, like, his house upstairs. Oh, no, that's and, a, and, and I think that's from something else. That's no, what I said. A, like, that's not even from there. That's an interview with uh, who? I, I'm almost positive that's an interview. Who's my guy on the golf channel that uh, was dealing with alcoholism? And uh, But he's a super funny guy. He has his own show. Um, he drives around in the golf cart, works for NBC. He's, like, a Scottish dude. Can't remember his name. Uh, um, he's a super famous Roddy uh, Roddy Piper. <laughs> he's a super famous uh, golf guy. Look that up. Look up yeah. Scottish golf announcer. Like that's what with, I thought too. I'm like, there's no way Tiger contributed to this because it was fucking salacious. Yeah, <laughs> on part, while, certain parts of it were so yeah. like yeah. But while you're looking that up, I'll say this: if you split it up between two episodes, the first episode, I thought they did a good job of showing and explaining how this guy was like groomed into being who he was they went into you know his uh his background with his father and him being in the garage with his dad sitting there for hours and hours just watching him hit golf balls and him not wanting to leave i thought that insight was really interesting now when we start talking about Faraday. Faraday, david yeah. Faraday, yeah. david Faraday. i think that's an interview with david Faraday. okay um but I felt, I, I felt scummy watching it because I felt like there was a lot of scum clowns and people snitching on there. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like the guy that was with his pops, like. I, yeah, I, what was I, the purpose, bro? What no, was the purpose? He had like, no Tiger's reason. not going to like this. Yeah, he had no, he had no <laughs> reason to put that slander in there. I, I get it. They were trying to, like, maybe give a little prelude to like this is why he's like that but like bro dog, keep that shit to yourself but, dog but that shit that's i didn't even draw that i understand that that might be what they're trying to do but what a weak ass parallel hey his dad liked the ass so so does he no like it's not you know what i'm saying he's a man <laughs> he was a powerful ass dude and he had whatever he wanted at his disposal and he was fucking bored and he was looking for his thrills and his whatever just like anybody else you don't need to like Whenever we try to get into like the psychological aspect of why someone does 
that type of thing. Yeah. You're not, there is no psychological aspect of it, man. He could have 10 women at a time, so he fucking did it. And that's what he well, wanted to do. I think there's, I don't think I, it's psychological. I, I, I think there's maybe some, well, because look, like it happens after his father passes. Like, there's like a lot of different. You things mean to tell happen. me he didn't start doing all this shit till after his dad died? Tiger, Tiger, what was he a virgin? Like, come on, man. Like, well, let's keep no, it one hundred here. Well, I mean, I think he was super. He might have gotten more reckless. Yeah, right. Maybe that. Maybe so. But, but I, he but didn't I mean, just all of a sudden be like, "Oh, my dad's dead. I'm gonna go to Vegas." Oh, what's this? Whoa. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, that dude, didn't happen. I feel you know that. what I'm saying? I feel so, that. like. No. But I think there was obviously some – he was – I think he was dealing with a lot of stuff. And I think that's Absolutely. what they were trying to portray. Like, yo, this guy's life is out of control. He's now the hottest thing on planet Earth. He's this major brand. He they, I couldn't tell you how many times in the doc they repeated, like, you, like Tiger saying, I'll never get used to taking all these pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. that, they were trying to, like, lock it in. Like, yo, this dude was trapped in his own life. That's kind of what they were trying to say. Um like you said, bro, I think uh, I think people look at Tiger and they don't see like that he's actually just like a man and he had all this power and then he his his dad passed and he kind of come he kind of accomplished everything he wanted to. He starts hanging out with with, with guys like Charles and 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 Jordan in Vegas. Great, great, great photos of Jordan in the club, by the way. The club videos yeah. of Jordan in the in the club in a full-on suit just talking yeah. to chicks. Yeah. Is, that is great footage. That was that made the documentary for me. Yeah. Um, the one thing I didn't know was that the uh the first of all, the, the guy that they brought on from the National Enquirer was a scumbag. Oh my god. And he <laughs> leaned into it though. Yo, he leaned into it. He knew he knew he I'm a scumbag. It. Love, love it. it. He goes, Oh, and we're the National Enquirer had a reporter. Like, he was fully on it, bro. Dude, what a biggest, scumbag! Biggest scumbag, <laughs> biggest scumbag of all time. Like he, maybe the biggest scumbag to ever be interviewed for anything on HBO, and that's saying a lot. Just <laughs> lived to see Tiger crash and burn. Like yeah, which is which, people in general. I mean, that's the biggest fish yeah, there like, was, right? Like guys like him. It, it, it's it, that we were following him the whole time in the hotel room. Stop the chick at the elevator, like you're going to see Tiger Woods. Like he yo. was getting, he <laughs> was getting off by that. But I did think it was interesting that they called him the first time. Yeah. And uh, well, listen, let me let me take a step hey, look, back. If you ever see anybody on the cover of Men's Fitness? You know what the drill is. No, the yeah, the, the Men's Fitness <laughs> shit. That's what I, yeah, that's what I was getting at. And the first thing I thought that was interesting was, listen, fellas, you can't you if you're gonna be doing dirt. You can't be fucking with the hostess at the restaurant that you bring your family to, bro. Like, come on, man. What are we doing here, bro? He was just he was and just and the follow up text it. messages. Like, you can't be having multiple a long back and forth texting relationship. Like, I yeah. thought, like we we all heard the voicemail. And we're like, bro, come on, man. Like, we yeah. thought the same thing she thought when she got the voicemail. Yeah. Like, you're rich now. Like, number one, <laughs> you can't leave voicemails, right? You can't have multiple texts and relationships. You can't be trying to involve the emotion and all that. What everything he was doing was like against the whole playbook. And I'm not gonna oh. say, and I don't want to make it sound like we're condoning what he did and like, oh, there's a right way to cheat, but there is a right way to cheat if you're fucking Tiger Woods. Yes. And he broke every single rule. Yeah, the, the restaurant that you take your family to. He should like come on, Le man. He should have called LeBron. Yeah. Hey, squeaky. Hey, LeBron, how you doing, man? I know. <laughs> I know she's not the only one. Hey, she, she should have called up LeBron, Brian. Dude, that's what happens. When he don't play a team sport, man. He has no vets in the locker room. Yeah, he should have no called Jim Furyk. Should have called Jim Furyk. Hey, man. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do with all these chicks, Jim? <laughs> he should have called, called 
called Mark Amir. Mark, how you keep up. these chicks off you, man? <laughs> I need <Yeah>. help. <laughs> but uh, either way, it was uh, <sighs> it was just a lot of it was a lot of scum. If you're looking to see like a a story of how Tiger came to prominence and then succeeded. It's more just like a, a doc. It's like a soap opera. Documentary. It's a sports documentary, man. But I, I don't like that they glossed that. I feel like they did not give enough credit to the injuries being the reason that there was 10 years of ineffective golf. I mean, I think that he was getting older and he got hurt and they kind of touched on it, but they didn't go full there. And I feel like he's never to like the casual person would be like, oh, yeah, he fell off because of the cheating scandal. It's like, no, a man fucking won a major on a broken leg. Had yeah. three back surgeries. Just went in again today for back surgery. They said, "Yeah, today." Um, yeah. yeah, today. So I mean, like his yeah. body fell apart. Like you, you, yeah, you, I mean, your your mind can't do what your body you, won't let you. Yeah, they. That's true. They gave you, but they gave you that preview of like his his dad passing and then him going to the Navy SEAL stuff, and it was a lot of stuff going on, man. Read that story if you ever get a chance. By the way, the ESPN the, story oh about Tiger was so good. And and it's, it, if you read that, gave me way more perspective into his psyche than this documentary did. And yeah. just kind of the guy that he is reading that that Wright Thompson story. No doubt. Shout out Tiger, man. I hope he gets back and wins another major and Absolutely. all that. But yeah, Tiger, Tiger Woods, the doc. I still think I will say this. I still I don't think it's a skip. I still think it's worth watching. Absolutely. So it's two two episodes. They're like an hour and forty minutes a piece. I think That's another thing. I thought it was a four parter. Yeah, no, only two parts. Yeah. Like so go go check it out. I think it's worth a watch, and uh, especially if you're a Woods fan. So, all right. Quick, quick, quick 15 on Tiger. Now let's jump over to uh, the NFL. Let's wrap up the divisional. Obviously, NFL, uh, NFC, AFC championship this weekend coming on Sunday. I, I'll say this before we talk about the divisional and what happened in Mahomes. Is he healthy? I am. I get more excited for the NFC, AFC championship weekend than I do the Super Bowl. Yeah. <clears throat> because I think a lot of the time – I think in football, especially when you get to the AFC NFC championship, there's usually the best teams are at the end. Almost majority of the time, at least two of the four for sure are the best teams in the league. Um, so I'm, I get excited to watch those go head up and it still has that home and away feel to it. Usually there's fans, but this year there's not, but I like that aspect to it. Unless as well. you're in Wisconsin. Yo, there's a lot of people at Lambo. I say it's nine thousand. I'm like, that, that ain't nine thousand. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're missing a couple zeros. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but give me your thoughts. Let's start uh, in the NFC. So we'll start in uh, we'll start in Green Bay. That going into the game, we talked about how that was going to be a big matchup, and the Rams D versus the number one D versus number one O. Aaron Donald was obviously hurt. They definitely didn't tell us that. He he essentially was played a third of his snaps almost, maybe yeah. a little more, but he was definitely <clears throat> limited. How did you feel about I guess Rogers went and got it done? Yeah. And then uh we let lead lead with the, the Ram, your thoughts on Rams, Packers, and then we'll get into Breeze and uh Brady. Yeah, and I mean it was exactly kind of what we talked about when we had Cole on last week. Like I've I've been on Green Bay. I was on Green Bay heavy going into that game. I just didn't think that the Rams had enough to get it done, right? With Jared Goff already being a shaky quarterback, then add the fact that he had a thumb injury, which I know he didn't it didn't necessarily look like the thumb was affecting him. Um, but still it's there, right? And then Aaron Donald being hurt, like you're talking about those two guys being hurt for them. They're already fighting an uphill battle, plus with just how Aaron Rodgers has been playing. 
I could not see a scenario in which those boys went in there and beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. Um, and I think, again, it played out exactly exactly how I thought it was going to. Um, as far as this weekend, man, it, it's to me, on if he was playing any other quarterback, I'm like, yo, this is a, t- it's a layup. Rodgers is going to the Super Bowl, about time, getting to his second one. This is going to be great. It's been so long since he's been to one. Um, I really hope he can go in there and really compete for that second title. It's something about Tom Brady. I mean, it doesn't really need to be explained, but like there is there is a magic, a confidence, whatever it is that's just kind of there to where you just can't count this guy out, especially when it seems like this team has figured out what they want to do. Um, they're not going to get three picks thrown by Aaron Rodgers on Sunday, right? That's not going to happen. So I think Breeze was done. I think he, he should retire. I don't know what he's debating from Sean Payton. I'm like, hey, man, just go ahead and ride off to the sunset. Yeah. Um, like it's just not there anymore. And he just looked awful. So you're not going to get that. Um, but I also think that their offense isn't going to look as bad as it did against the saints as it's going to do against the Packers, right? The Packers defense is not the level of the saints Packers defense has been playing better, but it's not that saints defense that we've been talking about all year. So I think you add that in there, you got the recipe for a really, 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 really good game. Also, these two have never played each other in the playoffs. Um, gun to the head. I'm taking the pack, uh, but I don't feel good about it. Let me, well, okay. Well, then that's a good segue because let me back up a little bit because I, the Packers seem to be unstoppable right now. That's simple as that. They, the number one defense in the league, shout out my boy Trey. He just hopped on. Um, and I know he, he rocks with the Rams too. So, but they seem to be unstoppable. I don't see if, if, if the Rams couldn't slow him up, then I, I, I'm i not really sure who's going to be able to slow him up. I think a big elephant in the room is what happened to Green Bay last time they played Tampa Bay. They got mashed. But I, 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 there's, I don't even need a gun to my head. I'm going to take the Packers. I think they cover the three. I think they, they go on and go to the Super Bowl. It looks like it's just been that type of year for them. I I more want to talk about Patriot, or uh, Bucks saints I'm watching the game quick, and this is what I'm going to say. The only thing that I could think of was both of these quarterbacks are dusted. Tom Brady looked like dust. Drew Brees looked like dust. That's how I felt the whole game. There was, I think, Brees ended up throwing three picks. Brady should have threw a couple as well. He had a couple go to review that were close to being picked. Um, That was my biggest takeaway from the NFC side of the games. Um, Breeze is what is one hundred percent finished. Done, like done, done, like finito, it, it, finito. And it's <laughs> happened the last. I think it's happened the last like maybe I'll say two full years, at least three to go back and look. The arm just doesn't hold. He just starts to tail off towards the end of the season. They get and it was never a crazy season. arm to begin with. That's the other thing. Like he he was a lot more accuracy and just being a smart. He never had like a cannon, right? Yeah. So, sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, that, that's what I'm saying. That's kind of what I was – and listen, Brady was going against the Saints, whose defense is off the chain. That defense is one of the best in the league. There's no question about it. He didn't turn it over. He ends up throwing two touchdowns. He ends up sneaking for another touchdown. Um, yeah. They got it done, 30-20. to 20. But he didn't look all that great. And for as much as we – as much as I hate on the Packers and their defense, seems to show up 
Zadarius Zadarius seems to get a lot of a lot of pressure when necessary. So I don't know, man. It's a it's an interesting situation. I'm excited to watch them play, but I don't think the Packers have any issue. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I just. It's hard for me to sit here and be like, yeah, Tom Brady's going to go over to Lambeau and get smoked. And I know you're not saying that, but I think the Packers take care of business. Yeah, I agree. I got the pack in that one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that. Okay, let's move over to the AFC because we'll because we're we'll 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 touch on the 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 championship weekend coming in on Thursday on the next show, but or Friday, but I know we were looking forward to Bills Ravens. Josh. The game wasn't wasn't what we wanted it to be, was it? No. The Bills look kind of shaky, bro. They did. <laughs> no, but that's back to back. That's back to that's like that's three halves now. That's six quarters. They've looked very shaky in a row. Sure. Any comments? No. <laughs> Just keep keep it rolling. <laughs> I mean, look, man. I don't I don't want to sit here. You can watch every single other show thing. You can. They'll break down Lamar Jackson. What the Ravens need to do. How what. Well, for hours, right? This has been talked about all week. It's going to be talked about all off season. It's pretty, it's glaring at this point. They just, they can't do anything through the air that even resembles excitement. Right. So um, with that being said, man, I mean, the bills, bro, the bills just keep finding ways to win though. I think they've lost one game in the last, what, 11 weeks. And it was that Hail Mary. It was a DeAndre Hopkins Hail Mary. So, I mean, you can say they look shaky this, that, and the third, but they just keep winning. And they keep finding a way to get it done. If they need to play from their defense, they're getting to play from their defense. If they need to play from Josh Allen, they're getting to play from Josh Allen. Um, so, I mean, with that, and Stephon Diggs is is lights out right now, right? Yeah. So, um, for me, like, yeah, I, yeah, they haven't looked dominant, but neither have the Chiefs with Mahomes. Yeah, the Chiefs haven't covered since the first week in November. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna close that. I haven't covered before. a spread since the first week in November, so let's not act like the Chiefs are over there blowing the doors off of folks. They yeah. struggled against the Jets, so we'll we'll close it with Mahomes and status and all that. But since we were on Lamar, you shot me a question the other day, like, "What's up with Lamar? Is it they're limited? To, like, why is why is the offense seem so limited?" And I think it's a good question, right? It's like. Do they feel like they can't expand the offense with him? Do they feel like he can't drop back and just throw it? What, what do you think it is? Is it, is it's it a physical it, or mental? And like, it's yo, hard to it say it's physical me, with someone that physically gifted. Right, bro. It reminds me of Trubisky a little bit. Yeah. Like, yo, bro, uh, like why, why the handcuffs on this dude? Like, yeah. is, there, is there, are we afraid he's going to turn it over? What do you, what do you think it is? Yeah, I don't, man. And like, <sighs> It's hard. I don't like to say this shit because it gets put out there the wrong way, right? You know what I'm. And you know what I'm getting at with this, but I, it has to be mental. It has to be that they do not trust him to run a more advanced offense. Because if you watch that offense, it's as vanilla as can possibly be. Like there's no excitement. There's no explosion. Yeah. It's passes the tight ends. It's stuff that's right in front of them. It's your first read, maybe your second, and then that's that, right? Like, he's not progressing as a quarterback as far as getting to that second, third read, as far as using his athleticism to make some plays in the passing game. Like, yeah, you do a great job using his athleticism to make some plays in the running game, but they don't do that in the passing game. It's almost like they don't want to 
try to open it up with him. And it can't be physical because we know he's physically gifted. Like, you can't sit up here and be like, yeah, well, he can't throw downfield because they don't think he can. Like, no, he has a strong arm, right? Like, he's super athletic. He's a superb athlete. So it's not a physical situation. It has to be. And the, and the issue is the same issue every year, every week. It's not like it's a secret. It's not like they're going there trying to figure it out. It's like, yo, you need to create explosion. I think part of it is the talent. I don't think that they've really necessarily paired him with the right offensive weapons. I think you need some explosive receivers. I think when they had a chance to go get Antonio Brown, I'm not really sure why they didn't kick the tires on that. Because, again, you just need somebody that can go out there and make a play. Um, and they just don't have it. And it's almost like they're – who are we talking with? Was it Cole when he's like, yo, that they, they have those big plays? They're 100% reliant on him making some crazy-ass play with his legs and having that be how you get your big chunk yardage. And it's just – that's not a reliable way to play football. And against a good defense, they're going to be able to figure that out. And the Bills aren't even that great of a defense. But, I mean, it, it's, it's a pretty straightforward game plan for a defensive coordinator when you know – that guy is not going to make any explosive plays in the passing game. You just have to worry about him getting that 30 to 40 yard run, which will kill you if he gets it. Right. But they just, I don't think they trust him. And I think for a while it went from look at what they're doing with Lamar. They're figuring out how to use them to where now we're in like game 34 of this. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe not so much. They're actually just limiting him and they're scared to use him and let him fail. We haven't even seen him fail. We haven't seen him go out there and throw five picks. So it's almost like, what are you seeing in practice? At least with Trubisky, it's like, oh, this is why you don't trust him. Because when he drops back and throws it deep, he throws it to nobody. But with this guy, we I, where is the Lamar five pick game? Where is the Lamar looks awful game? Like, where is the Lamar state game? Like, go out yeah. there and try to lose. You know what I mean? Like, let, let us see that. And then we can be like, okay, for sure, he just can't do it. But they don't even want to let him do it. And they'd rather just lose. And that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I think it's tough, like super late in the season, to try to all of a sudden open it up. But there's no, there's no package. Like there's no package. Like, there's no package to like put him in shotgun or none of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, ask Matt, no do something, man. Like, yeah. ask Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, that that's the thing. Like, they don't let him fail, and I and I'm wondering why we can't see them fail. And they're a good enough team to where, like, yeah, go out there and fuck around for a little bit, see what happens. You guys can recover, yeah. hopefully. No um, but. Yeah, I don't get it, man. We're about to bring our boy Black Trey on. Trayvon Edwards is going to talk some hoops with us here in a couple minutes. I want to close this NFL segment. Pat Mahomes, they got it done. Penny got it done. I tweeted, if you, if you guys watched the game, you know how it ended. Fourth and one, the Chiefs need to – first of all, let me take a step back. Third and 16, if you're the Browns, you cannot give up 15 and a half to Chad Henney on a scramble. Ever. Backbreaker. Look. Killer. I don't care. If Mike Hart, I don't care if Mike Hart's in the backfield and this is Michigan circa 2007. He should never like, pick up that type of never, yard. Never. Never. Also, shout out to Chad Henney for being in the league for 13 years. Yeah. And, right. and he'll be in the league for 17. Career good money. Yeah. Shout out Chad Henney. Um, he picks up 15 on third and 16 or third and 17, I think it was. And I tweeted on the fourth and one call. They, they completed it to Ty Hill. And I said, yo, even if that was Reed – like, yo, that give that to the enemy. Like, let, let let him let him get that credit. Like, let, right. let him get that call. Right. Um, Mahomes is in the protocol. He looked woozy. Very. They shouldn't have tried to help him up so quick. They tried to help him up really quick. He looked woozy, couldn't walk. And uh, he's in protocol. A big question mark this week is, is Mahomes going to get cleared to play in the AFC Championship 
at Arrowhead Stadium after I saw him jog off from the tent. I'll tell you, but I don't need Adam Schefter to tell me in a couple of days that Pat Mahomes is cleared and he's going to play. Roger Goodell is not not messing up that. <laughs> Pat- Owners lost too much money this year. Like, hey, hey, hey no, we need that TV <laughs> revenue from Mahomes. Yeah. No, stop it. Stop it. Stop we need that. We need that revenue. We I need, need the Super Bowl revenue. Yeah, I need, need all that. that. Yeah, I need all that. We need all that. All right, let's bring our boy on. The NBA. This is the culture. This guy. This guy is the king of culture. Just moved out to New York. I don't even know where I got it from. I called him the. I called him the. Uh, the new. The new East Coast Don. He just got out to New York. Just cleared quarantine. He just stepped in the street. Please welcome. The boy, Trayvon Edwards, Black Trey. Yo, what's going on? My boy, what's happening? Not much, man. Thank you for having me on. Dog, thank you for coming on. First of all, congrats on the new job, Whedon Kennedy, doing creative. Big salute. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Salute for Count the Dings. Shouts to Count the Dings always. Count the Dings. Salute for still doing your thing on The Athletic, my boy. Shout out to the athletics. Yeah. Subscribe, man. The same cost as a coffee. <laughs> same, same cost as a coffee, man. Yeah. You're spending $4 on a coffee, you can get you a subscription for them good stories and all that. All that. All that. So, uh, man, uh, we, dude, we've been chopping it about getting on for a minute. I'm glad you could finally make it. Yeah. The, the man, the myth, the legend, Black Trey. First of all, how's the East Coast? I know you was complaining. You, you, you was whining on the TL about basketball being on too late and all that right. shit. But but how's the East Coast so far? How's it treating you? Uh, it's been good. I mean, I'd be in the crib, so I ain't, you know, I don't do too much. It's it's been a lot of DoorDash. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I ain't working, like I'm chilling. Like, you know, like today I took a lap around the block and then I came back in. I seen some snow flurries. You, you know, I'm still that trying to enough. adjust from the West, but uh, you know, overall it's all love. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad uh I'm glad you enjoyed it out there. And this is a perfect time because we're obviously getting ready to talk James Harden, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. That That's going to be the talking point every single day until forever, until the, until the playoffs start, right? Right. I think the biggest thing that I wanted to uh, to holler at you about, me and, my, me and my co-host, Big Nick the Quick, wanted to holler at you about was... What up, Nick? What's going on, man? Yeah, yeah, nice yeah, yeah. What's going on, bro? Appreciate you. The... Uh, Obviously, James is now in Brooklyn. It's a whole right. different vibe. He's now on the East Compton East. in Brooklyn. Two Compton cats yeah. in Brooklyn. Oh, Com- yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So, give me uh So, look. Let me let, let me tell you this. The trade goes down. First thing I do, I'm, I look at the schedule, right? I'm like, yo, when is this guy going to play? I'm like, okay, he'll probably play against Orlando. Then I'm saying, okay, what's the next game he's going to play that is going to actually mean something? And it was yesterday against the Bucks. Now, before I ask, let me, I'll just ask you straight out. The, the betting odds have been updated. The Nets are the favorite in the East. Do you think that they are the best team in the East, especially after watching them match up against Milwaukee yesterday? Man, they have tons of potential. They get Kyrie Irving back tomorrow against the Cavs. You know, they got them back-to-back, so – you know, respect to the Cavs. I'm not going to say, like, that's going to be an easy game for them or whatnot. But you got a three-headed monster now. Three guys that can go ISO. And Sean Marks always uh, actually mentioned to us that us as the media more so saying that he wasn't done fixing his team up and would evaluate each game to see what their needs was. 
And I know a lot of people have been kind of killing DeAndre Jordan on a timeline, but he had a good game defending Giannis yesterday and on the offensive end, even with his hands cleaning up. So um, I really like this team and the odds. Early on, before they made this trade, I had Philly as the favorites coming out of the East. But Brooklyn, you know, they, they're shaking things up. I saw that too, and it's funny, man. As long as uh, as long as Giannis can't shoot that three, you can put DeAndre on his ass all day. It's not going to make a difference, man, until he can shoot that three. So yeah, I saw that. That was interesting. Yo. What move do you see? That is it? Is it that DeAndre spot that you think they're going to be looking to upgrade? Is it going to be yeah. a, a big like? So I, I think that they would try to have a big just for debt. I think Perry has been doing a good job for his, you know, his role and and playing really hard and and trying to learn the game. He's a rookie though, and then also maybe a perimeter defender, because you know right now they're giving up tons of points in the paint, and then also it's kind of been a bit of a struggle because they're giving up. You know, it's kind of who can outscore who, right. and though these guys Durant and Harden can can combine eighty. 85 points together if need be you know what i mean um what are the rest of the guys averaging you know what i mean what are they adding to the table and you know joe harris has been you know making his way of knocking the three down and, and being able to move without the ball and then you got guys that that are coming in and contributing like you know bruce brown who is the ultimate i call him the ultimate pickup guy he's the guy that's gonna rebound and don't even look to shoot the ball and he gonna defend so he he hungry and they got a bunch of hungry guys, but they're not they're not better than the Lakers right now. And they still they still need to make another like a couple like a few more moves off the bio market or just somebody sitting on the couch that can get in shape. Yeah, I think that's the thing about when you bring in Harden, like yo, get Harden, and then we gonna go ahead and figure out everything else on the fly. Mm-hmm. Like whatever right. we got to like, let's get him in town and then. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll figure out what we got to figure out. Your base is Harden, KD, and Kyrie. So, yeah, that's a great place to start from. And really, yeah. everybody that you add on, as long as they can complement those guys, your point, you get some bigs in there that can, you know, add some depth to the rotation. You don't need to get Anthony Davis or an all-star big. You just need someone that can give you 20 Yeah, you don't, you, don't truly, you don't truly need a scoring big. They yeah. have scores. They need someone who has good timing, good hands, that can catch the ball from time to time on the offensive end, and someone who can hold down the Ford in the paint and be intimidating to keep him out of the paint. I'm, I'm, and that's <laughs> – he's, he's, he's dangling right now. He's got three rings, man, JaVale McGee. He's been on champion. He ain't going to be scared of the moment. And the Cavs, the Cavs are, 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 are front court heavy. They I have all of – they have it all. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Trey. So I know you watched the game last night. We all watched the game last night. Final possession after after Harden kicks it to Durant for the top of the key three dagger. They the the Milwaukee starts drawing something up, and I'm sitting at home on the couch, and I'm saying, "Look, I don't I don't know I don't I don't think you can give the ball to Giannis here. Like what what is like what situation can you give the ball to Giannis? They're down two. I guess if he if he goes to the paint like he wants to, he's going to get fouled and he has to shoot free throws, which he can't do. <laughs> he he's not going to be able to create at the top of the key and shoot a jump shot. That's not his. That's not what he does. I think a big problem for Milwaukee, and it has been for the last couple of years, and last night was a microcosm of that. Is the back to back MVP is not getting a play drawn up. He's not the number one when it's coming down the stretch against teams like. The Nets. How how does how does Milwaukee get through the East if they can't go to their back to back MVP 
to to get a bucket to go to overtime or win the game. I don't think he's ever been that guy though. So the expectations for what what you're really looking for is is not there. Now what you do out of respect of him being who he is is draw two. You know what I'm saying? How Mike finally learned how to win. You get the attention and you set up a Middleton. You set up a guy that's moving without the ball in those situations. But again, Giannis is still learning how to jump. He don't jump stop. He just goes. So he's going to get a lot of charging calls. And that is kind of skeptical. But those plays aren't drawn up for him. I'm still waiting for him to learn to be on the, to be back against the, you know, back to the basket. But for uh, a side. that's ever a, coming. No. Well, maybe, maybe not. But my whole thing is I think he can do a jump hook. But for a sideline out-of-bounds play, that's Chris Middleton. He's the guy to make that play. But should Giannis be hanging out at the half-court line, though? Like, no. To me, that's on no. butt. I don't understand. Like, to your point, make him a decoy, make him draw two, get somebody else open that he can kick out. He's proven to be a good the passer. Only time I say, the, play. the only time I would say it, Nick, is on a lob. High feed, you know what I'm saying? Something yeah. that's in that situation where it's a decoy, where he comes off hard screens, and then it's something really high, and he has to finish that way. Right. Outside of that, you're either going to send him as a decoy to run really hard, and then it frees up one of those shooters, you know what I mean, for one of those guys to make the shot. But that's not that's not in his favor because, first of all, how he shoots, his range of motion is so slow. The release is so slow. So for a quick something not, him. not saying that he can't make one because we've seen people make shots just kind of flipping something up but his chances aren't that high and then i don't like his chances closing out a game on the free throw strike oh that's absolutely not yeah, he's showing he show <laughs> you that time and time yeah. again so, right so i guess that's the thing but so, he's still an mvp yeah. i'm not gonna knock him for what he can't do i'm going to praise him for what he has done well in the previous seasons and Milwaukee still needs to add more if they want to win. I'm okay with Drew Holiday closing the game out. That's why he's there. So that, that's again, not what he does either, though. If, if, I, I mean, but but I'm like but I'm okay I'm, with him taking that type of shot. Right, I'm okay with Chris Middleton taking that type of shot. But my, I guess my thing is like, if you're expecting this team to win the East and the guys closing the game that need you get that, that you need to get a bucket from. Are Drew J. Rue, my boy J. Rue, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton? It gets spooky, bro. <laughs> Very spooky. Like, it's spooky. But, Sean, who's picking them to come out of the East like that? They don't have a better team than Philly right now. They don't have a better team than Miami right now. Respectively, they're going to win regular season ball games. So you think they're the fourth best team in the East, the Bucks? You know what I'm saying? So like that, like how how I would put it, I don't think that they're. I think regular season wise, they're top two. But when it gets to but the when it counts, series, right? No, Spooky. no, it I gets tricky. It gets tricky in the second round. Yeah. And like I said, I respect Bud, and I do understand the pedigree of what he does and how he micromanages things. But he tends to get outcoached in the in the postseason, and Bucks fans would probably agree. He doesn't make the best decisions, although coming from the, 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 the family tree of Coach Pop and he's experienced success before, he doesn't act like it in those moments. I agree 100%. That's what so I'm in that situation, regular season-wise, I can see the Bucs being a top-two team record-wise regular season, but when those certain matchups and you have to play five to seven games, 
they don't match up well with most teams. And they get punched in the mouth. We've seen it in the bubble. But before the bubble, if coronavirus or not, the Heat had their number without Jimmy Butler or not. It never was a good matchup for them. And you see it down the line. We can go down to any team and say, you know what? That's going to be a tough matchup for them going down if they have to see him in the playoffs. Mm. It's all, I think, 100%. And I agree through and through. And it's always going to be a tough matchup when you're in a close game and you can't go to your best player on the perimeter. I mean, that simple as that. I'll go as far as to say, like, when you say, like, the Bucs are the third best. Yeah, they are the third best team in the East. Like, I, to me, I don't see a situation in which the Bucs can win an NBA championship as presently constructed. For everything that we've just talked about, they don't have the closers when every other team does. Miami exposed some of their biggest weaknesses. Like, I, I just – I like their team. I think they're a good regular season team. Obviously, everybody loves Giannis. The Giannis story has been great. But we all talked about it. a couple of years ago. I told you eventually push is going to come to shove and the narrative on him is going to change. And that's where we are right now. And Drew Holiday was a great pickup for them. If you can get out of that Bledsoe spot and replace him with Holiday, who's a lot more reliable, especially in the playoffs. Great. But Nick, you know what changed? Huh? You know what changed? KD's here. Exactly. Yeah. And, <laughs> KD's and, here. And, that's and it. True. <laughs> no, no. But but I'm just saying KD's here. Yeah. You got to get out there. If you're deep boy. You got to get out there and guard that man that's seven foot that that got a ratchet too. God bless. Yeah. You better go call Motar from above the rim. You're not stopping him. <laughs> sheriff in town, 100. Like yeah, you can run you can run across the east all you wanted to before, but yeah, KD's in town and he got his people with him. Yeah, 100. Man, I don't. I think they are the third best team in the east. I trust Boston a hell of a lot more because Tatum, Brown, those guys can close games. Giannis can't do it. It's it's very glaring, and it was like. A early look at what's exactly going to happen in the playoffs is what it was, it was last night when they're coming down the stretch and he's literally hanging out at half court. And what was that play like, anyways? I mean, that's the best look you could have gotten in that situation too. Chris Middleton chucking it up in front of three guys. Yeah, I don't know. We could we could we could get down to the schematics. Broken plays are broken plays. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. how I see it. I mean, I don't I don't think that that was pretty drawn up like that. But I also don't think they practiced being in those situations yet. Hmm. There you go. But. Let's talk. Uh, Let's get back to the to the main course. It's KD, Harden, and then now Kyrie. Man, James James and KD look cozy already. Very. Early, early. Um, what does it look like, Trey? What does it look like when Kyrie gets back? What is what does this offense look like? Because I'm a little I'm a little scared. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I hate the term. It's not enough balls going around, or it's not these guys aren't going to be able to play. Think of USA basketball. These guys have been on teams together. They don't have to play for a contract. They're all making roughly over $35 million a year. They all have endorsements. They're cold. They all want to win. The only time it really gets shaky, I think, was because they were young at the time, and Kyrie's the youngest of these three. You got to look in the situation. They're going to be good, man. <laughs> Cleveland, hey, just, just enjoy the show. Grab your popcorn because it's going to be one of them situations tomorrow. But at the end of the day, it's going to be get you some, get you some, get you some. And, and James mentioned the difference from when they played for OKC last night was that we're grown now. We understand that our IQ is high. We want to, you know what I mean? Those plays that we would make immaturely to try to win on our own or, or you know what I mean? I'm going to negate and not look at that person is different because the trust is there. 
Kyrie can knock that shot down. KD can knock that shot down. James can knock that shot down. And you know what? When you know that somebody that can easily walk on the floor and get 30 points per game, you can take a playoff or two or three or four or five when you go down. You know what? He got it. James about to run off 10 straight. Okay, let me let me, let me me rock. All right, cool. Let me run off. All right, cool. Oh, you know what? I'm running some type of scheme. Find Joe Harris. Oh, find Joe TLC Harris. to knock down it. He's going to eat this. He's going to eat off of this. Eat. Joe Harris is going to eat. He's averaging 14 points per game. That's going to go up to about That's 19 to 20. Open just looks. Because, just because he's going to knock down three to four, maybe three to five threes a game. Let me let me ask you this, though, because James Harden said something last night to me that stuck out <clears throat> after the game. He's like, yo, I need to get better at my point guard thing. I need to get better at my point guard. So for me, it told me two things. Number one, he's cool deferring to KD. He's fine. Like deferring in the sense of I understand I'm playing with Kevin Durant and I'm not going to be hogging the ball all day long. He's got to eat, too. That's fine. To me, the other thing it told me, though, is well, when Kyrie comes back, Kyrie considers himself a point guard, too. So when we talk about, like, what's Kyrie going to look like when it comes back, who's the point guard of this team? Who's controlling the ball when those two guys are in the floor, uh, in the game at the same time? I think they all can handle the rock. I don't think it's going to be a go down there. You know what I'm saying? But they all can score, too. All right, Kai, I need you to get buckets right now. Go ahead. Go off. All right, James, I need you to get buckets. And they also can catch and shoot. So, Again, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Kyrie obviously is the point guard. He's going to be the primary ball handler, which maybe we get some glimpse of rare James Harden back cuts. James Harden <laughs> mid-range. James Harden setting up, making an extra pass. This guy actually got in a defensive stand against the Orlando Magic the other day. This is an inspired person. I know this is two games, and I'm not saying throw a parade and, 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 and call it automatic finals, but when you plan next to a god, Yes. When you play against a seven foot God that's playing chair drills out there, nobody <laughs> out there, nobody stops Katie. He misses. Is, that's what he, he doing. Misses. Yeah, it's true. That's what CJ said last night, too. Yeah. It yeah. is what it is. And you just have to face it. So, you know what I mean? I don't think James or Kyrie have outside of LeBron. Kyrie's played with LeBron. So LeBron is is elite. He's the only person that you feel like you can go like this and just chill. Playing with KD now is just kind of like, I, I know I can just, I can chill because, you know what I mean? So what? He missed three. So what? Real quick. I got, okay. look at KD the way that we look at KD, like, yo, this dude is, is, he's from a different planet. Yeah. Okay. So look, you, Trey, you painting this kind of too perfectly for me. Like Kyrie's going, uh, Kyrie's going to walk on the floor. He's going to get 20 shots. Durant gonna get twenty. I don't see that's Harden. the thing. I don't. Hold on, I don't listen, think. Hold on. Hold on. And they all they all gonna get as many touches as they feel like, and everybody's gonna be happy, and it's gonna be all good. But someone's got to take a back seat. You I feel think. Me? I think. I think Kyrie and James take back seats. It'll be like similar to Miami, where where LeBron was trying to figure things out, right. and it took year two for him to say, "All right, I'm gonna step up and be option one." They're all deferring to each other until they get to the point of trying to figure it out and in the situation of who does what, who does this. Yes, it's going to be some they, – they, they just practiced today for the first time. Oh, yeah. right. So, you know what I mean? Like, you got to think about and factor these things in. And obviously, the schedule's super weird where you go travel to a city and you play that team twice and then you finally come back and you stay on the East Coast and you don't go to the West Coast. It, it gets tricky, dude. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I think they're only going to get better – as they go on 
I don't think that they're going to be flawless. I think Boston on the Eastern Conference probably has the best chemistry. Right. But when yeah. you look at it like chemistry aside, talent-wise, these guys are capable of giving you hell night in, night out, and how pride is going to have to play a huge role in defense. I want to get your thoughts on Kyrie. I'm going to play a clip from Kyrie. He came back and addressed the media today. Here's Kyrie talking about his absence and uh, – my boy. How he how he felt about it. I want to get Trey's comments on this. What do you hope happens after this inauguration tomorrow? And also, secondly, do you feel like you can still find your, your joy uh, playing basketball? Thing that is, you know, pretty interesting in watching when you take a break from everything, there's just so many assumptions about what's going on. And so many people feel like they know me best. They have no idea who I am or what I'm about, or what I stand for, or even attempt to take the time, or even for me to invite them to take the time. So it's a two-way street. Um, and when things become overwhelming in life, you know, you just got to take a step back and realize what's important. And I love to play. It's never been questioned. I've committed myself, you know, when this wasn't even a thing for me. You know, I didn't really care about media, didn't really care about the fandom. All I cared about was just the ethics of the game and being taught the fundamentals. And now that it's become bigger and it's more of a responsibility that I have in this position I'm in, I'm grateful because I'm able to stand on this platform with others alongside of me that have sacrificed and are going through similar things. So I'm not alone in this. And, um, you know, that's just a big thing about also mental health, you know, just coming in and being balanced with yourself first and then being able to perform. Um, so, so Trey, I, I, me and Big Nick have had a lot of opinions on Kyrie and how he goes about his business. Um, the biggest thing for me is I'm good with everything he just said. I think the way he goes about it, it's like him against the world. When it, I don't necessarily think it's like that. What are your thoughts on Kyrie, uh, Kyrie the, 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 the last couple of weeks of him missing games and uh, him coming back and addressing the media that way? I mean, I personally, I mean, obviously, joke's going to fly. Things are going to happen. Obviously, assumptions are going to happen, like you mentioned. But I personally can't speak on from his perspective because, again, if you're in that, shoot, if you're in that situation, you know, obviously, they're professional athletes and they're, they're bound to, you know, obviously, people want to be entertained. But when you're thinking about somebody's actual mental health or anything in that aspect and they got to, you know, factor those things in, you have to respect it at some instance. And he also doesn't owe any explanation if there is a communication with the front office, which it had been the whole time. And they kept it in house, which is very rare because there's so many leaks in this league. So the fact that we've have been you know given that opportunity that loose idle time of like oh well they traded for james Harden. maybe they're gonna you know maybe Kyrie's never coming back he's gonna retire and it's like no things happen we have to dumb down the immortal part or the idolization of these athletes and understand that everybody's human you know what i'm saying so respectfully i understand where he's coming from yes it could have been done better but he had a he had a conversation with steve nash he had a conversation with josiah and Sean Marks, doesn't matter. Moving on. You know what I'm I saying? Thought, I thought he didn't, though. I thought that was the whole issue is that Steve – because I have no – so with the mental health thing, if he was going through something, he is well within his right to get his time off, just like we all can from our job. 
um, when that happens, right? But I thought the whole my whole issue with them is he didn't communicate, or at least that's how it was reported that he never. Steve Nash is like, I don't know where he's at, and that's so where I'm like, you still need to tell your employer I'm not coming into that. So the loose context of everything was, I, I I didn't know that he wasn't playing this game the first time when he didn't show, right? But Karis Laverde talked to him, Kevin Durant had talked to him. Hey, he's dealing with some personal stuff. Left it at that. So with that being open-ended, that's when the story's loomed. Okay, game two, game three, what is going on? Then the video surface of, you know, whatever was going on, and then everybody was making assumptions and jokes, including myself. So I, I'm not going to say, like, yeah. I was just completely on his side. But then you look at things, and you're saying like that, and then we've interviewed, you know what I mean? We've got a chance to ask some questions to the general manager, to head coach, and they had been in communication with him, and they said that they would not, speak for him which is rare again because normally it's put your hand out and get paddled in front of everybody a public whipping and what the brooklyn nets have done is protect their player and allow their player to understand and look at it in a situation sean mark said hey it's just like any other job people take days off so he uses pto for yeah, mental health and, and he, personal reasons on, wait, 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 wait. But is it you know what PTO stands for, right? I said paid time off. They, they yeah. he he had to give up about nine hundred thousand. Oh, I mean, he, listen, well, this is what's, what's nine hundred thousand to thirty-eight million? <laughs> Doesn't that mean that he didn't tell them initially, right? Like something had to have happened. Well, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, he wasn't fined by the Nets. He was fined by the NBA. It's a difference. Right. No, it's true. a difference. The NBA gonna get they uh, NBA is protocol, like Uncle Sam. Man. Yeah, okay. That's different when you find by the team and you find by the organization because that's TV money. There's people lining up to come watch you play. And, oh, you know, you're a no-show? Okay, bet. That's yeah. now we're going to tax you. And then also there's a video servicing and you break in the quote-unquote rule, whether that was an, uh, an old video or a new video, they're going to come for theirs. Yeah. The Nets just... had the chance to double up and find him. But they choose not to. I mean, because they support him. Sean Marks is you know, will never show up to work again. And he'll put out a 20-minute video about how they find him <laughs> and how uh, that goes against his moral fiber. And you know, he'll use all types of crazy other things to make him sound. I just feel like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he did, if they knew from day one that that's a Steve Nash problem for not communicating that clearly when he talked to the media, because the way it sounded like to me is they didn't know where he was for that first game, they had to go out and find him. Then he told them, and in order to protect him, they're like, oh, yeah, we knew all along. But if Steve Nash, the head coach, knew where he was on day one, he would have never said shit. He would be like, Kyrie's out today. That's that. You could talk yeah, to him. Yeah, nah, it was definitely a surprise to everybody. Yeah. It wasn't one of those situations where, you know, uh, you know, because it's similar to D. Rose situation with, with the New York in 2016, yeah. where it was like, oh, he went AWOL. Now, obviously, stories go a little bit. People from Chicago know what really happened. We ain't got to talk about it, but that's yeah. the same thing as whoever's in Kyrie's camp knows what's really going on, and you have to respect it for what it is. He's back, and he's ready to work, and let's watch some exciting let's basketball. Some exciting basketball, yeah. I think, uh, I yeah, I agree with that. I agree with the way you closed it. I think it, he doesn't, he doesn't care about handling it in a better way. So that's why it's, it wasn't handled in a better way. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. You guys don't know me. You don't know what I'm about. You don't know what I was doing. You don't like, he, I get that. Um, I just wish that 
he's he's putting a lot of people in bad spots by doing by handling the stuff the way he's handling it. when people have to go to pressers and they're asked all they're answering questions about is Kyrie what's Kyrie doing is he healthy and everyone's kind of standing there holding their dick in their hand like I, I I'm gonna get back to you so that's what I would I just just out of respect to his teammates the franchise the fans even if, I'm, even if I'm sure I'm sure he fans. apologized to them and had that conversation yeah. and, and addressed it the correct way in-house right again we're very entitled and it's our job to ask questions yeah. in those situations but he could just do the i'm just here to not get fined and yeah, never give us true. anything that's true that's you know true. what i mean it's just out of curiosity whereas we as fans we as consumers of the sport want to know why right. why you know what i'm saying but yeah. i think he gave a, a perfectly answer and and then now it's time to work now if yeah. they lose and they continue to lose <laughs> okay now it's gonna it's going to come back around a little bit long it's going to be you know what i mean karma in those situations but at the moment like you know good for him and i and i could i hope that he continues to find you know balance in his mental health and enjoying finding the joy for basketball again he loves it i think some of the hot takes whether you say um Stephen a smith saying retire you know what i mean and shit like that 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 was the hottest of the piping hot <laughs> yeah, it was. Shout out uh, to Stephen A though, because you know if if, if Stephen A didn't do it, we wouldn't be able to do it. Then he said so. they could contract too or some other shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm, I'm oh, never. He's, he's he's coming. He's coming in hot. Don't they don't they not like each other too? I mean, you know, after a while, man, when when you playing that type of game, whether you guys are covering a, a specific team or not, you're going to find those guys that didn't like. They want. Uh, can I curse on here? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, they want you to kiss their ass. You know what I'm saying? And that's just not the reality. People have bad games and people have opinions. And it's like you don't know, you don't understand. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, oh well, if y'all can't, if y'all covering the Bulls, y'all be like, oh, Zach Levine, blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? And then Zach's like, yo, fuck no, catch up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. damn, all right, what happened? It's like, right. well, I heard what you said about it, and it's like, it is. That's like how what I Dave did. did the other night. Pretty funny. much. So yeah. you know, so just be mindful that they read everything. Yo, folks that don't know, <coughs> Black Trey Trayvon Edwards is a Bulls fan on the low. <laughs> I, so I've Yo. grown, I've grown up a Bulls fan. I've been a Bulls fan since I was six years old. Shout out to 1991. Yeah. Um, it all started with my family being Lakers fans, and I just wanted to push back. I'd never been to Chicago, never did all that. Shouts to WGN keeping me in the loop though. Yeah. Um, nice. and I finally made it to Chicago in 2009, 2010. And then I've been catching a couple games. And then, you know, since I've been covering, you know, the NBA since 2017, I had to relieve all my allegiance to teams. Um, but, you know, the 11-year-old inside me is always checking for the Bulls. Shouts to Kobe White. Shouts to, you know. Captain Kobe. Wendell Carter. You know, uh, P. Williams. All those dudes. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm still wearing Bulls authentic shorts. I got every pair. You know what I mean? Like it's all love, you know what I'm saying? Oh, but uh, how much heat did you get growing up in LA as a non-Lakers fan, though? Like, man, I thought it's like the Bible out there. You gotta be, you gotta be a Lakers fan. Oh, I you mean, you know, perfect. it was at a point where, especially my high school years, it was tough to watch the Lakers because they were they were just controlling my entire they won every year I was in high school. They three-peated while I was in high school. So I didn't watch sports at all. I was I was just hooping. I played <laughs> bar and I didn't watch no games because I was just like, yo, like 
they dominate. They cheating at this point. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Shaq yeah, and Kobe, ain't nobody beating them dudes. And then, right. you know, obviously uh, a guy that I was fortunate to go to high school with, Tyson Chandler, was drafted by the Bulls. So I got to continue my fandom a little bit. Obviously there that team go. with Eddie Curry. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And and, and looking at it from that perspective, but, you know, I, I've stuck around, you know what I'm saying, through the bad years of A.J. Guyton and Khalid Alamine and, you know, Eddie Robinson and, I mean, Michael Ruffin. We can we can go down the line, you know we what I mean? Charles go down the line. Bro, I thought A.J. Guyton was going to score 30 a night, for sure. I was, like, positive of it. I mean, I there's, there's so many guys. Yeah. Jay Williams. Marcus Pfizer was going to be a player. Marcus Pfizer was a beast in college. Brad Miller. <laughs> I mean, you can go down a line of guys that have come. Jalen Rose, like, you got high hopes that were just shot down. And then, obviously, I felt some type of inspiration when Derrick Rose came to the league. Yeah, and course. then, obviously, you know, they did what they can do and peaked as far as they could possibly go with that team. You know what I'm saying? And then, obviously, the split up of watching Jimmy finally move on. And and then now we, we're here with the Zach Levine system and – Kobe White and and now Patrick Williams. So yeah. um, let me ask you about Zach Levine because I have slandered him on this very show, and it's it was now when I look back on it, it was disrespectful. The man has what? What'd you say, Nick? You said he scored thirty and seven. So he scored. So yeah, it was Zach Levine, and I, I get it. It's easy to say, hey, he's not a winning player. His teams hasn't win. First off, check out check out the teammates and the people that he's been playing around for his entire career. It's a lot of trash, but. Um, he scored 30 points, over 30 points in seven out of 14 games this year. And last night, I thought this is this is like a perfect example of how Zach is kind of viewed. Last night, I'm watching the TNT broadcast after the game. They're going through all the highlights of the different games. So they get to the Bulls games. And throughout that entire highlight, instead of talking about Zach Levine, who had, what, 32 and the Bulls won? They spent the entire time showing Christian Wood and Victor Oladipo highlights. Not even talking about Zach's 30-plus points. Not talking about the fact that he scored 30 in half the games this year. Just more focused on other stories around the league. And I just – I get it, man. It's easy. You can pick apart Zach. You can not like the defense. You can not like some of the decisions. But, look, it is hard to get 30 every single night in the NBA when defenses are keying on you. And I just feel like I've never seen a guy – who's putting up this kind of numbers, especially in this season, to not get any type of love nationally at all. It's like the book has been closed on him. We don't care that he's 25. We don't care that he's played with shitty teammates. It's like, yo, we're not going to give this dude any respect. And just watching that last night, I'm like, damn, are y'all going to say anything about Zach? Like, come on, man. So, like, yeah, I just, I, I've never seen anything like it. I got a chance to talk, discuss the Bulls game last night. And obviously my, my co-host, shouts to Dave Dufour, said that Zach Levine should be moved. And he needs to be freed out of Chicago. Now, I personally disagree. I think that he is ideally the right player for this team, and rightfully so. It should have the keys. Um, but I do question sometimes. I, I think he should be an all-star this year on fifth scoring ability. He should have been an all-star, um, I think it was last year or the year last before last. Year, yeah. And, you know, he, he's always been able to score. My thing now is just trying to put together, you know, defense and all that stuff. And and sometimes my my – my, my bone to pick with Zach sometimes, the question is his IQ, the plays that he makes sometimes. You know what I mean? When it comes to that. But but overall, like, he's damn good. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I think that he's going to be able to gel with this group if they are able to stick together and do what they're doing. Even the ball movement was even much better with Donovan right now. They finally got them a coach um, that 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 is made for a 
coaching a young team. Donovan thrives yeah. in taking coachable players that are able to to learn. You know what I'm saying? When you got a a, a a star player like that that's been around, nobody wants to hear that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that was what what happened in Oklahoma when he had Durant and, and Westbrook trying to trying to trying to in, implement things that they just wasn't really trying to hear versus this young team buying in and yeah. trying to get it. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be some 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 bad some not bad losses but tough losses because they're still young trying to figure it out. But right. I, I like the direction they're going. Yeah, no, the the direction is key, man. I think we always talk about like I don't care if you're bad. Run the bad squad out there, but if the direction is 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 rolling and, and, and we're we're starting to build and and get to be competitive, I think that's the that's the biggest key. Couple more questions before you get out of here. Let's stick on the Bulls and I'm going to and then we're going to end it with uh with Wardell. But what are your thoughts on Wendell Carter Jr.? Because See, I, I don't really have much to say. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm scrapping for shit to say right now. But what are your thoughts on his game? Should we be? Do we need to be more patient with him coming around? Should Chicago Bulls fans, folks in Chicago, absolutely. Yeah, just absolutely. Give him more time. For bigs, three years. Whenever you draft a big, three years. Why? Is but that? obviously, you look around and you see other teams that draft players and they have immediate success. Most of them yeah. are guards. So you have to, and and you can't compare him to anything else. I mean, he has good timing. Yes, it's frustrating sometimes with the mistakes that he makes or some things that he does, or sometimes he's hurt, et cetera. You have to be patient. I don't think that he comes in and be, you know, turn this thing around, but I think he'll be serviceable. See, my problem with him is he's robot. He, and one of the questions I had, is he a cyborg? Like he's just a robot out there. I feel like they tell him, hey, Wendell, we're running a drop coverage right now, right? So you got to drop on those pick and rolls. And that's what he does, no matter the situation. Even if he can contest the shot, even if he can um, take the guard if he comes down the lane, he won't do it. He's going to stick to his man. He's going to stick on his assignment. And he's not going to make the smart basketball play. And for he has me, no feel. No he has feel. No in feel. His for me, that's extremely frustrating. And the other thing with him is, like, I can't stand bigs that don't rebound. Like, come on, bro. Eight rebounds a game. Like, listen, man, give me two to three rebounds a quarter. And you're good to go. But I can't do this seven, eight rebound stuff. I can't do this cyborg robotic movement. Like for me, we talked about it last week. I still couldn't tell you if you were to trade for um, if you were to trade for Wendell Carter right now, I couldn't tell you what you're getting better at. I couldn't tell you, hey, you're getting a rebounder, or hey, you're getting a smart defender, or hey, you're getting a guy who can roll to the basket hard. I'd be like, you're getting a center that can play 30 minutes a night and probably do a better <laughs> job than a lot of other guys but I don't really know what part of your team you're shoring up by adding Wendell. And you talk about year three, like it is year three for him. And I still don't know. And I get it. He was hurt. He's been hurt a lot, but I still don't know what he is or what he's going to be. And like, for me, that's terrifying. Cause I, I just don't see the makings like of that type of player. I can see Pat Williams say, hey, this is what this guy is going to do. This is what he's going to grow into it. Wendell is still like, okay. So is he just a programmable player? If you say go left, that's what he's going to do. And he's going to go left very well, but God forbid he ever needs to go right. Yeah, he, I think he's just, just super raw, just raw. And and it's like I said, you want now. That's it. It just comes down to that oh, point. That you want, it, though, right? Huh? He wasn't. He didn't come out like, oh, this is a raw big. He's a project. Nah, like, no, not like that. But I'm just saying, like, still trying to find your way in what you do because there's players like that that's just like 
oh, I'm going to come in and do this. I'm going to come and do that. And then you get a rude awakening like, nah, if you really want to get paid in this league, you need to learn how to do this. He doesn't have to, he doesn't get a chance to go to Rashid Wallace Power Ford University, <laughs> the big university like Jermaine. Because <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody, yeah. every big that went to Portland learned from Rashid Wallace and they all got paid. They don't have, he don't have an OG in there to say, hey, you know what? If you eat with your hands, you're going to make a lot of money in here. And how you know what? Go ahead. What my fault. No, go ahead. No, I just, you know what I mean? Like that, that's what it is. I think this NBA lacks a lot of veterans. Yeah, I was going to say it takes, uh, it took Sabonis a lot of time to get crazy. That's what I'm saying. It just takes it the opportunity. Either you're thrown out there to fail and the patience is there or you're out. Yeah, you get so drafted, you play your three years out, and you don't get resigned, and you just you get away yeah. from the next team that you end up on. Yeah, Sabonis is a dog. And yeah. he's been in the league for quite a bit now. We'll leave it, uh, we'll leave it here. Last question. Can 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 number 30 out in, in Golden State, Steph Curry? Can he keep this up? Can he keep those guys afloat? And give me your insight on why you think him and Draymond are just, they make that, they just, they take that team to the next level. So here's the thing. Yes, he can keep that team afloat. It's very tiring at 6-2. <laughs> it's very strenuous trying yeah. to play extremely minutes at 33, 34 years old. But at the end of the day, yes, he can do it, but he also needs help. Basketball is not an individual sport. It's some people that can really get it done and be like, all right, well, I got them at least to the first round. Die trying. <laughs> but he has a different he, – he's never been that type of player to be like, okay, me, 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 me. You know what I'm saying? I think right. they tick as a unit. You know what I'm saying? They won as a unit. They're only as strong as each other. You know what I'm saying? When you implement the new shit and all that other stuff that – they have players now that aren't a part of Warriors culture. You know what I'm saying? And right. Warriors culture has been a thing for the six years. You said so Wiggins is a part of Warriors culture, Andrew Wiggins? Come on. <sighs> <I got you. laughs> hey, what's, what's, the, what's the conceited gift? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, like him, with him still having Draymond is a blessing because – the stuff that most people hate about Draymond is the stuff that you would love for him to be on the team. Some people say, how is he a Hall of Famer? How does he do this? How does he say this? Highest IQ in the game. Make sure it sees the play before the play. You know what I'm saying? Does the unstatted stuff. Going to get dirty. Going to be physical. Has heart. Playing at 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Come on, man. Runs the offense. Going to know how to respond on a broken play. You're talking about, oh, so let's see how, you know, obviously, yes, he he's very outspoken and people don't like outspoken people, but damn good basketball player. He's not going to give you 20 points per game. Never was going to do that. Never was going to do that. If he does have 20 points, good job. But having him on the floor makes you better. And with him on, on the floor with Steph, Steph believes that he can win any game because he's not going, that's just the trenches. Not alone. You're not alone. I know this guy's going to fight with me. He was in the dog fight with me. I look down the line. I don't know Kelly Oubre like that. I don't know Brian <laughs> Wanamaker. L listen to yeah. their team. Yeah. No, Ken Bazemore. Damian Lee. They got Wiseman. Yeah. Pascal. Like, shouts to Pascal. He's a hooper. These guys are NBA players for a reason, but you're comparing to uh, going to the finals. A certain amount of times consecutively playing with a god 
and playing with another lockdown future Hall of Famer and knockdown three-point shooter, and then looking left and right, and they're no longer there. They disappeared like a movie. And you only got your dog, a banged-up dog at that. Mm -hmm. A banged-up dog. Draymond's a banged-up dog. He's your old faithful. Like, hey, he my goon. You know how the mafia movies be? Where everybody get taken out and you got one homie and you go back to back? That's Draymond instead. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's what it is. It's like, look, bro, we're going to go down and sink together. I'm a, I ain't going to leave you hanging. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Trayvon Edwards, Black Trey. First of all, thanks for coming on. I appreciate man, I appreciate you. it, man. This was yeah, fun. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Man, let the let the folks know uh, where they could get Count the Dings, B-O-M-M, Black Opinions Matter Pod. Man, he's all over the place. Oh, man. First of all, shout-outs to Count the Dings. Shout-outs to Hot No Ketchup. Um, yeah. On Mondays, you can catch the, uh, late, the beautiful ladies of Crazy Sexy Cool. On Tuesdays, OG Bomb Crew and myself, Wozni Lambre, John Javray, and Amina Helsin. Uh, Wednesdays, we got um, Wednesday Sermon. Thursdays, we have um, Woke Bros, Politics. And Fridays, we got Growing Up the Same with myself and Jason Madison. And then also, you can catch me on the Athletic Podcast, um, Talking Basketball. And then... I think that's at, it. And then, yeah. yeah. And then on Instagram, I mean, on Instagram at Trevon Edwards, Twitter yeah. at Trevon. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. bro. Make sure y'all follow Black Trey, man. He's great. He's he's very active on, on Twitter. Um, It's all it's all love. It's all fun. It's all hoops, man. Next Thank time, you again. Uh, yeah, bro. We'll have to get you on Uh, next time we get. Next time I'm in the storm, give me some Heralds and all that Yo, six piece mild sauce. All that. All that. All that. <laughs> You know yes. what I mean? Pepper sauce. Yes. Yes, sir. Salute. Salute. Uh, salute, Trey. I appreciate you coming on, bro. We'll talk soon, man. Bless. All right, brother. Black Trey is the best. That was great. Yeah, man. Talk, um, am I the only person in Chicago that doesn't know why D-Rose missed that game? Um, I know it was some family shit. I'm assuming BM situation most likely, but. Yeah, we can talk about that offline. Yeah, we'll talk about offline. <laughs> Shout out, uh, shout out Trey. Shout out the NBA. Always tons of stuff to talk about. Shout out Edder. I, I missed the question. I didn't I didn't catch the question. I had it full screen until he hopped off. So my fault, uh, Edder. I, I'll have to hit Trey with that later. But um, Big Nick the Quick got some uh, an NBA game or, or something that he wants to, to okay. do before yeah. we hop off of here. So we know in the National Basketball Association every year there's a lot of changes, a lot of turnover especially in the coaching ranks. So as a, me as an oh, avid man. league pass guy, I watch a lot of a lot of basketball games of some of your not-so-marquee teams or teams that might not be in the spotlight, whatever it is. And a lot of times roaming the sidelines, I see a head coach that I might not know. So it got yeah. me to thinking, my guy, Sean, I, I am so, I'm gonna be so well bad at know this. some of these NBA head coaches that are roaming the sidelines. And for context, I didn't just pick bad teams. I got a couple teams that are contenders in there. But I'm fully convinced of these teams that I picked, I bet you don't know the head coaches. Of them. A couple of them you might know. So we're going to play a little game of who's that head coach. Okay, yeah. I have really, I'm going to be really bad at this. Eight but, teams yeah. for you that I picked that I'm, that I'm fairly confident. I think two of them you might know, but here we go. Okay. Sean. Yes. Who is it that is coaching the Grind City Memphis Grizzlies right now? I'm supposed to just I'm supposed to just say his name. I'll, I'll get like a multiple choice. No, <laughs> I don't. 
I know it's a chubby white dude kind of balding um, just because I keep up with John Morant and those boys. I, I don't know his name. <laughs> I have no idea what his name is. Shout out. Uh, so a while ago, Bill Simmons used to have an article called the Reggie Cleveland All-Stars where he would take white guys that have black sounding names. Yeah. Shout out Taylor Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Another contender. All right. I want to say, what are they, fourth in the East maybe right now? You're okay. just your chance you have this. Last yeah, year, they were at they were helmed by Nate McMillan. Shout out Nate McMillan. Yeah, you're about to embarrass me with this. I don't know any of these coaches, dude. <laughs> Who's the head coach of the Indiana Pacers? It's not Nate McMillan. Oh, my God. It's close, though. Same same first name. Yeah. I Dude, I don't know, man. <laughs> Nate Borkin. Shout out Nate Borkin. I would have to see some pictures of these dudes, and I still wouldn't. I still That's why, yeah, maybe I should have had the pictures up ready for you. Okay. I'm going to do one more because I, I can't go 0 for 8. I can go 0 for 3, though. I can, <laughs> I can sleep at night. If uh, I all right, I'll give you a perennial playoff team. Okay. Give me two more. Give me two more. Okay. Because two of them are, are people that you would know who these people are. Okay. Orlando Magic. They're in the playoffs every year. <laughs> Dude, I don't keep – I don't know any of these. Steve Clifford. Oh, uh, that – I actually didn't oh, know that. Fuck, I didn't know – I didn't know that. I didn't know that was Steve Clifford. Last yeah. one. Okay, last Florida one. Florida City. Detroit basketball. Former NBA coach of the year. <laughs> I said Jesus Christ. Former NBA coach <laughs> of the year. Who is the head coach of the Detroit Pistons? Dog, I'm – it's – uh, it's former it's, coach of the year. It's my guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. It's my guy from uh, Toronto, though. Um, bring Daddy on the pod. <laughs> it's, my, it's my guy from Toronto, the black dude, skinny dude. What's his name? Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Fired and then one coach of the year. <laughs> Yo, shout out, shout out, Dwayne Casey. Kicked him. I couldn't wait to get him out of Toronto. All right, let me just give you the other four teams I had. You don't even have to tell me, but it was the Thunder. It was the Kings. Who you, I think you probably know the Kings, yeah, the Cavs, and the T Wolves. Do you know the head coaches of any of those organizations? I, I definitely don't know that. I know Walton's out in Sacramento. Okay. Um, I don't know who. I don't know who the coach of the. Uh, who did you? Uh, Cav, Cavs, the, the Cavs, the T Wolves, and the Thunder. The T Wolves. I don't know who the coach of the T Wolves is. But Saunders' son, Ryan Saunders. Uh, I got. I got. I know. Cavs, Bickerstaff. I pay attention to hoops. I don't pay attention and to hoops. Mike Dagonal. I don't know who that is. Mark Dagonal. I don't, yeah, I don't know. He can walk in here right now. I would have no idea. I didn't know none of them motherfuckers either. I knew what I was going through. So I was like, yo, he's not going to know any of these folks. Yeah, what? <laughs> no, no. I think we didn't do it before we had an hour-long discussion on the NBA. <laughs> no, I watch hoops. I don't, I don't know who's I, I don't pay attention to who's coaching hoops. Yes, sir. You can name 32 NFL head coaches, though. Yeah, I can. That, that is true. That is true. I will say that. Uh, dude, that's it for uh, Tuesday edition. What is it? January 19th, 2021. Shout out Trayvon Evers, Black Trey, for hopping on to talk NBA. Um, for Big Dick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. We'll be back Friday to talk uh, NFL, AMC, NFC Championship. Got a guy coming on. Stay locked. It'll be a good one. Uh, for Big Dick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. No Catch Us, Sports Talk via Chicago, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you follow Trayvon, Black Trey, at Trayvon. Lock in, no catch up, Sports Talk via Chicago. We out of here.